Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the set of the Tanya Joy Show. We are happy to see you here today. Thank you again for joining us. Thank you for supporting this content and this show. You know, there's so many options out there, but at the end of the day, we need to all be working together. We can't just let one person do all the work. We've all got to step up and we all have to be involved spreading truth, teaching truth, uh, enlightening everybody on what's really going on in our world out there. And you're going to get that in today's show. As always, if you would do me the favor of hitting like or thumbs up, sharing this out right now as it's starting with your friends um, and family into your network, that really helps with the algorithms. It helps to get the show into more hands and get the truth out there, which is the only reason that we're doing this. Trust me, many of us that are doing these shows, we've lost our jobs, we've been attacked, we've all, we're only doing this to try and bring truth out. It's not for our our great uh, woohoo, you know, like self. We're, we're, we really believe in this. So thank you for watching and for joining us. Today, I've got Marley Hornick, who is the director of New York Citizens Audit and also part of the National United Sovereign Americans group. Now, you may remember we had a live show a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking about the state of Illinois, and we were talking about the United Sovereign Americans, and it was unbelievable, the information and the exposure and the truth of what the data is truly showing us with regards to our past elections. So you're not going to want to miss a minute of this show today. This is going to give you some really good information. It's going to teach you what to do, how to check your state, and really how we need to move forward with election integrity. So we are glad to have you. Today is Monday, February 12th. I'm Tanya Joy, and this is The Tanya Joy Show. We will be right back. Okay, well, we weren't shocked. Over again. So, welcome back to the show. As well, I'm so excited to have you both on the show. And I know we had such good uh, feedback and reception. General Flynn, what an jo- honor. Joshua, Joshua tracked me down in a big tent of about 4,000 people. How are you? I am doing so great. Hello, everybody. Thank God, I am wonderfully great. Hello. Thank you very much. Because. What is prayer? I'm just Jewish, you know what I mean? And I'm thrilled to be here with the two of you. <laughs> Me too. It's like- and that's who these crazies, these evil ones. It is. You said it oh, right. Good job. Perfect. Right. The Gibson sisters. We are so excited to have them on with us on Resistance Chicks today. Good morning, good morning, good morning. It's time to run. These people that get higher up, How? sometimes I've thought. These are glory days and not gloomy days. Like, I love that. <laughs> You know, it, it, it kind of works. It works. Awesome about the tour is people like you. Yeah. I love the applause. That's cool. There we go. Thank Hi, you. Joy. Everybody, welcome. We are so excited. Are you ready to get the show on the road? Let's go. All right. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. As I mentioned, we've got Marley Hornick, the director of New York Citizens Audit with us today. She is also part of the National United Sovereign Americans um, organization. She's the CEO, actually. So I shouldn't say she's part. She's the CEO. And Harry Horry, I should have figured out how to pronounce his name better. Harry Horry is the chairman. Harry is also one of the authors of the Hava Law 
Help America Vote Act. And this is going to be a wonderful discussion. So let's bring Marley in. Hello, Marley. How are you? Hi, Tanya. Great. Thank you so much for having me on today. Oh, I'm so glad to have you. What you guys are doing is outstanding. And um, I've seen it from within my state. I'm actually in Illinois, so I've seen the data. I myself have gotten things in the mail that I shouldn't have gotten, you know, back during election time. So this is just such good information that I believe we need to keep getting out because we need to educate people. And that's, I think, the most important part. So let's get started. And before we go even into all the data and what you've been doing, help everybody to understand the difference between that term sovereign, sovereign Americans, and the organization United Sovereign Americans. Sure. The word sovereign is from our founding. Uh, the original founders of our nation who sacrificed so much to create a, a system of true liberty, they believed in the sovereignty of individuals under their creator, which is to say uh, the one who sets our rules is the one who made us. And honestly, the federal government was created to help defend that right, not to subvert or, or replace that relationship. So that's why we chose the name for our organization, United Sovereign Americans, because we believe in the principle of individual sovereignty and we believe in the principles enshrined in our Declaration of Independence that we are truly created beings uh, living in a miraculous world with the freedom to express our conscience as we choose, as long as we respect the freedom of others as well and respect their liberty and their abundance. So <laughs> that's how we've chosen the name United Sovereign Americans. We're, we're not connected with any of the other sovereign movements that are talking about, for example, not actually being citizens of the United States any longer. We love our country. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. We do. And I understand the other side of things as well. You know, the other term, I think at the end of the day, the, the term, like you said, that the term sovereign Americans, that's what we are. So, you know, it's, it's a great, it's a great word because of what it stands for and what it means. And uh, I love that you guys have used it actually within your, your organization. I think it's very, very fitting. So go into, give everybody a little bit of background for my audience, at least. How did you get here? I always love people's backstories because I think so many of us in this movement right now to save our nation, to save our, our world and move forward. Um, we've all come from probably very interesting backgrounds that have kind of all lined up to put us here for such a time as this. So share your background and how you got to this. Sure. Um, it's really extraordinary, actually, because my background is I'm a homeschool mom. I'm a homesteader. My family lives in the Hudson Valley. We have 100 acres and we were growing our own food and uh, raising dairy goats for our good health and to share with our neighbors uh, the excess production. And uh, we make our own medicines. We live very close to the earth in my family, or we we did. <laughs> now, things are a little bit different because I've gotten quite busy. But that was my, I guess I'm very connected to the concept of individual liberty, individual sovereignty. I had my babies at home. I breastfed. Oh, I love it. Me too. I, I, I love it. <laughs> so for me, it's very natural to yeah. protect individual liberty and to protect our uh, identity as created divine beings. That's very, comes very naturally to me. And so uh, fast 
fast forward somewhere in the summer of 2021, I was offered an opportunity to help develop a group in New York State to audit the New York State Voter Roll Database. And I reflected upon that. I felt that the time would be well spent away from my family. I thought it would be fairly minimal investment of time, <laughs> uh, doable. And so I said yes. And that's how New York Citizens Audit started. Uh, in the end, New York Citizens Audit inside of the New York State Voter Roll Database uncovered millions and millions and millions of what we thought initially were anomalies. And after we became more and more familiar with the law, we came to realize they were potential crimes. Mm. Uh, when the voter rolls are not accurate, that's not the same thing as dirty voter rolls. That's a violation of federal law. When the votes counted don't provably come from uh, qualified citizen voters, that's not uh, voter fraud. That's potential election misconduct on the part of officials when you have hundreds and hundreds of thousands of instances inside the voter roll databases where this has been recorded. When the number of votes counted doesn't equal the number of voters who voted, you have a, a broken election. Uh, clearly, it was never reconciled, and an unreconciled and unreconcilable election is a fraud ab initio. You can't certify that as accurate, and it doesn't meet the standard of the law. So that's where we were in New York, and uh, little by little, we began to realize, myself and Harry, who was helping myself and New York Citizens Audit to develop our claims and develop our findings into factual allegations, and we realized if we only fought this in New York, uh, what would that really accomplish for the country? So Harry and I founded United Sovereign Americans, uh, knowing wonderful Americans already like the Zitkos and uh, Tom in Ohio and Todd in Texas and many, many other wonderful people who are currently volunteering for United Sovereign Americans. We said, we have to do the same analysis in every state. And that's what we're working on. We have 23 states right now developing the election validity scorecards and developing uh, reconciliation records of the 2022 election in their state. So it's quite wow. a quite an astounding. What project, I mean, yeah, project. like this, you know, to come from like you were living your nice life and doing the right things <laughs> for your family and your kids to now, whoosh, you're on a national stage ultimately. And, and your organization is really, the thing I love, I'll just say about your organization is you're not saying we want to overturn the elections. You're, you're just going, we wish we want to clean up. We want to clean election. We want to just make sure we're abiding by things. Let's fix this going forward. Let's do an audit. You know, I always think about, imagine a bank who never audited or reconciled their books. I mean, that that can't or any sort of organization, any sort of business that just went about the business. And every year things shifted a tiny bit, a tiny bit. And nobody ever took the time to stop and go, let's just make sure this all matches. I mean, we as Americans, when it's tax time, we need to reconcile. We need to make sure everything adds up. And yet in our elections, that has been thrown out the window and basically most people, if you go and talk to them at the county, because now I've been to right, my county level, they are like, don't talk to us about this. We don't want to hear about it. And yet it's common sense. So to me, it's brilliant how you guys have set this up and what you're doing with this audit. 
What did you see when you started that in New York? What were the, if you can say, what was what was the percentages and and the the things that were off? Like I know we talked about that with the Zitcos here for Illinois, of kind of what those numbers were. It was horrible. So I'm just so curious, what was that like in New York? Well, it's stunning. Um, and we didn't expect it would be stunning. We figured in a blue state like New York, why would there be all of these anomalies? Why, mm. why would there be potential fraud inside of a voting system that's locked up for a particular party? It just didn't make any sense. So yeah. um, we were looking originally at the 2020 election and we discovered, for example, that there were 338,000 more votes counted in New York's 2020 election than voters who voted. So so the State Board of Elections certified as accurate an election in which 338,000 ballots entered the system and they can't be tracked to any voter. That's that's just stunning. It is. It's crazy when you, and I mean, like it is, it's absolutely crazy. Like, that how do you get by with that like you know it's one thing you have 10 but hundreds of thousands and like you said in a blue state right and and one of the issues that united sovereign americans is including in our claims is that there's actually an accuracy requirement for federal elections and i certainly didn't know this when i was back in the woods making plantains have I had no idea there was an accuracy rate, but there is. In in the Help America Vote Act in 2002, they added an accuracy requirement to federal elections. And in that particular framework, the accuracy requirement is no more than one in 10 million ballot positions in error. A ballot position is a circle on a ballot. So there could be dozens or there could be a hundred if you have a really extensive ballot. but mm-hmm. um, that was a difficult measurement for a lot of the uh, registrars and officials to work with. So they added a, uh, a voluntary, I guess, alternative mm-hmm. of one out of 125,000 ballots in error. So as you say, it's not 10, you know, we, we're not right. looking at 10 errors because the, the New York 2020 election was allowed, I think, something like 68 ballots in error. The 2022 election was allowed 48 ballots in error. And that would be in comparison to how many, and that that number 48 is based on how many total ballots there should be based on voters. Correct. Based on the number, well, the number of votes certified as counted. Okay. That's the number that we use to derive the error uh, requirement or the accuracy requirement. And by law, there'd be allowed 48 for 2022. Or let's go back to 2020 because that was the bigger number. So 2020 should have been 60 something. And there was 300. No, this is slightly different. There were actually, I mean, you could add them all together. But in 2020, there were over 900,000 apparent voting violations in the election where a particular voter whose registration record doesn't meet a standard, a legal standard of eligibility for one reason or another, it's clear under the law what creates eligibility. So either uh, the person is not old enough or the person is so old that they have to be dead or the person is purged 
or the, you know, there's all of these different requirements, but these 900,000 instances where election officials allowed a registrant to vote despite not meeting those eligibility requirements, they weren't qualified. Wow. Crazy. And, and that, wow. Go ahead. Sorry. No, it's okay. In 2022, it's, those numbers are really close to my mind. It, it was you know, 48 ballots in error and 745,000 voting violations. So it's the, the question becomes not who won because nobody knows who won. That's the issue is who investigated this before certifying it as accurate? How did they know that every single one of those was proper entering the system? Because the, the voter roll database, which is required under federal law to be accurate, reflects uh, a phenomenal amount of improper voting, a stunning amount. And so yeah. how did that get did certified that as accurate? We're ready to see the receipts. And that's what we're doing state by state. As these scorecards are completed, and the zip codes have done this, we've done this in New York, we have it going in Texas, we've done it in Ohio, uh, it looks like probably uh, Maryland and California are up next. They're on deck. Wow. North Carolina close behind, Florida close behind, many states nearly ready for this completion. Um, but we're, we're submitting these final reports to the chief election officials in every state and saying, look, you know, here's what we found in your data, your official data. Please tell us line by line how you certified this is accurate. We're ready to see the receipts. Show us the auditable records that the Help America Vote Act requires to have been created. Show us that every single one of these votes actually meets some provable legal standard or fix are, your system. Or fix, right. What are some of the um, excuses basically that you know, you're hearing from the chief election team or the individuals like are they just ignoring it are they what are their responses um i'm so curious about this that's a great question i could probably write a book about the new york state I board of elections could. responses <laughs> i bet you but, could yeah uh, let's see going back in history the first response that they gave new york citizens audit when they finally deigned to respond to us was, for example, in the matter of um, illegal duplicate registrations. In New York State, we have 1.4 million people registered to vote who have more than one unique statewide identifier. And if that sounds wrong to you, again, if it's supposed to be unique, how can you have more than one, right? Do you have right. more than one social security number? <laughs> Are they unable to prevent you from getting more than one social security right. number? No. I don't think so. No. Mm -mm. So so in response to that, the State Board of Elections says, well, it's it's not exactly, uh, you know, that big of a deal, really, because it's just how the database is designed. So you take that and you put it next to actual law that requires a unique statewide identifier for each qualified citizen voter. And you basically get, like you said, an excuse. It's unacceptable. That's it. The law doesn't say that's how the exactly. database is designed. The law says you get one and that's it. And that's so it. So we have people in New York with 25. How does that happen? You know, 25, we're just so asking, like one, one person has 25 unique ways that they can identifiers. Go in. Holy cow. <laughs> 
now, are you able, registration records. Are you able to are you able to dive into like let's say one of those people and see exactly what each of those are or no, not really. You can just see that they voted that many times. Well, I don't think we found anyone who's voted 25 times in a single election. I wouldn't okay. go as far as to say that. Okay. I would say we found people who have voted as many as three times in an election, according to the New York State Voter Roll Database. I don't know if that's what's really happened. The problem is neither does the New York State Board of Elections. Yeah, nobody knows is the problem. Yeah. Wow. Yep. And the data sure reflects that someone did vote three times mm -hmm. in multiple elections. Uh, we have a, a unique voter in Herkimer County, New York, who has who triple voted in four federal elections. And fascinatingly, according to the New York State data, um, two of those registrations hadn't yet been created at the time of any of those elections. So, which is to say she triple voted in three federal elections and two of those registrations didn't exist at the time of the elections she triple voted in. They were created months later. One of them was purged on Christmas Eve. <laughs> I mean, you just can't make this up. It's, no. like a, it's like a comedy routine, except it's part of our critical national security infrastructure. Right. And Unfortunately, uh, getting back to the question of how else has the New York State Board of Elections mm -hmm. responded and what kind of excuses are they giving? They got tired of giving us excuses. You know, they told us, oh, the reason we have one million people registered to vote on January 1st when all state and federal offices are closed is because of a default date. Okay, what, what in the heck is one million lies doing <laughs> in this database. It's not a default date, it's a lie. Right, right. And so if if you've created this, this disaster area inside the database and you're doing nothing to fix it other than wave a magic wand and tell us to go away and, and tell us that our elections are accurate and legally compliant, I'm sorry, but that's just not enough. Not it's not satisfactory. Right. Man, th this is so, so they just come down on our heads now. They've actually they've they've colluded. It appears that they have colluded with New York's attorney general, Letitia James, to create a criminal allegation against New York citizens audit. And we're currently under criminal investigation by the New York state attorney general for attempting to verify some of this horrific data so that we could be certain when we went and reported it to the public that we were not just, um, you know, making some faulty logical conclusion that we we knew we had actually gone and talked to these people mm -hmm. and they confirmed with us no this isn't what i did this isn't correct do they do you think that it's so high up you know like at the ag level or you know what i mean that the ones that are working the local elections that they don't i mean they know now because you're presenting them i mean i'm i've watched you know i'm, I'm seeing what's happening this is why the resolution has been put forward this is why we've got you know uh citizens going and and presenting this to make them aware but like i said i went to my local county and i don't know that half the people even paid attention i mean really cuz i was watching the room you know i know a lot of the people there it's like they just kind of are glazed over i, I don't think that they even, I think that they're just kind of going, whatever, just go away, whatever. Not of not understanding 
what this could lead to, right? I mean, this they're breaking the law. So all it takes is precedence in one spot where they get held accountable and this becomes a domino effect, I would presume. Yeah, I can't disagree with anything you're saying. I think the manipulation of the state voter roll databases, because this doesn't look like clerical error. Mm-hmm. It looks like injection of, of fictitious voters. And it doesn't look yes. like uh, something that just happens at a local level. It looks like a, a, a whole broad range of, of ways that this data is being added. Um, it's really beyond most people's comprehension when they're invested in the system. Um, I often refer to those who are the oversighters of the system right now, even down to the local level, but especially at the state level, they're caught in a kind of an addiction. It's not a substance addiction. It's an Mm -hmm. addiction to a system that we're demonstrating has failed. And they are not ready to Mm -hmm. uh, receive that information because they're counting on this system. They've invested in it. They believe in it. They're Their ideas for themselves, for their family, and for their future are invested in this system. And it's very difficult to have a willing ear in that instance. And to me personally, that's why it's so important that United Sovereign Americans is made of volunteers from across this country. People who recognize, you know what, it looks like our officials are not going to be able to deal with this. They're, they're stuck in this system. They refuse to acknowledge that the system is hurting individual Americans at a, at a rate that's practically unimaginable. It's really unconscionable, the amount of harm that is being uh, perpetrated right now on the American people in so many ways. And they're simply not going to do anything about it. It's up to us. And right. I really love this pathway because it gives us an opportunity to use their own data and to use the law to yeah. say, here's our line in the sand. And and the United Sovereign Americans is not just creating scorecards. We're planning to file litigation in federal court in each one of the states where these cards are completed. This is not just a, you know, a, a public relations effort. This is evidence. Right. And and I just want to be clear that that's our absolute intention and, and we're making tremendous progress. <laughs> I want to talk. Yes, I want to talk about that. So let's do this. Let's take um, a quick break. And then when we come back, I have a couple of quick questions. But then I want you to really elaborate on that, because like you said, this is they're breaking the law. So there are checks and balances that are existing already in our law. So I would like you to explain that. So hang tight, though. We're going to take a quick commercial break. Y'all, thank you so much for joining us. And um, please, if you have not shared, if you have not hit share on this show, please do it right now. Go and hit share. Get this out to your network. This is how we wake people up. Um, by educating, you know, we just, we have to just educate each other. That's all that, it, that this is. So um, please go ahead and do that. Stay tuned. We've got a couple of wonderful affiliates that we just love that we work with. I work personally with a lot of them, um, you know, in these days of financial distress all over the place. 
Take some of the money that you've got, whether it's in an IRA or uh, in a savings account, and go put it in gold and silver. Now is the time to do that. And I personally recommend Dr. Kirk Elliott. So you're going to see some more information about how you can do that. It's very easy. You can actually use our code and you're going to get a bonus. Um, I forget what it is. I think you actually get like a, some free silver thrown in or something like that. So it's a it's a, a bonus that we have that we work with them. So if you use our code, you will also get that bonus. So hang tight and we will be right back. Government-induced inflation, taxes, rising interest rates, political instability. All of these can have a crushing effect on our investments, often causing the stock market to go down. But they can also cause gold and silver to go up. Hi, this is Dr. Kirk Elliott. Buy gold, buy silver, buy now, but buyer beware. Precious metals companies are not created equal. As a PhD economist, I have been in the financial, economic, and precious metals business for three decades. The philosophy of my firm is people over profit. I encourage you to read my bio to learn more about me at KirkElliottPhD.com. Now is the time to own physical metals in an IRA, 401k, and outside of a retirement plan. Don't let the government destroy your hard-earned assets any longer. Call 720-605-3900 or visit KirkElliottPhD.com. Hi, everybody. This is Tanya Joy from The Tanya Joy Show, also known as Beauty for Ashes. And I want to take a quick minute and talk to you about my new favorite sprays. This is by Verve Vitamins. Now, I want to show you this one in particular. I've got three here that I use on a very regular basis. One is Sunny, it's called. Let's see if we can see it. And I'm going to show you a quick commercial. This is vitamin D3, and it is amazing if you need to be in the sun and get those extra vitamins. This one is Energy. These are vitamin sprays. You do seven sprays in your mouth, and it takes care of your vitamins. You can travel with them. I mean, these are small. They're the size of a pen. You can stick them in your purse. But this one right now is what you need to get. This is called cold. It's vitamin C and zinc. I came down with a little bit of something right around the new year, and I started spraying this. I actually used it three times a day. And you guys, it's less than five days later, and it is gone. So you need to check out Verve Vitamins. Stick around, I'm gonna show you the video, and in that video, it's gonna show you the website to go to. You will get a discount with our code, Tanya Joy. so be sure you check this out. This is gonna change your life, I'm telling you. These are amazing. If it helps you invest in your health in a daily basis, the answer is yes. Consistency is key, and there's not a better, simpler way to begin your change. That's why we offer a bunch of helpful bonuses when you subscribe to Kingdom Fuel. Kingdom Fuel is our complete nutritional meal shake. It's the simple start to a transformed life. We'll auto-ship every month so you don't run out. You'll receive two free shaker cups, free access to our video courses, and a monthly call with us filled with practical inspiration. 
Just see the link below or on your screen and subscribe today. All right. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. As always, you can find out more about the show at tanyajoy.tv. We are in the process of building out an entirely new website. So if you go over there, you're going to see some new things and um, it should all be working great. If you would please subscribe, just put your email in over there. It's not You're not going to get inundated by emails, but we're trying to build up our uh, followers list, a, a new CRM, because we lost it over the last six months as we've had to go through so many changes with our email system. I'm sorry, with our website system. So if you would, please go on over to that website, subscribe, just give us your email so that we know that you are watching and you're loving this content. All right, let's get Marley back and continue this conversation. Um, this is just so fascinating. It, it blows my mind like every single time when I hear more about this. Um, I had a couple of quick questions for you because I know you mentioned how it just seems like this information, this data is being injected somehow, right? So that would, I would make the assumption, be because of machines. Because if we were still using paper ballots and paper counting, that's a lot harder to stick a bunch of extra, you know, especially a million or a few hundred thousand ballots, like that's going to be obvious if someone's dropping those off and sticking them in there. Is that what you're believing? Is that a lot of this has been made easier because of the machines that are so rampantly used everywhere? The issue of the machines is a little bit more complicated, I would say. Um, from the perspective of United Sovereign Americans, when the law is being broken, that's that's where the buck stops. So the issue with the machines and the uh, reliability of the machines goes back to a very simple uh, concept under the law. They're not, none of them are certified. None of them have had proper risk assessments. There are federal laws that are quite stringent because elections are part of our national security infrastructure. These electronic systems have uh, very, very strict guidelines regarding certification, risk assessment, testing, all of these elements. You don't have to know, you know, which ESNS machine has which setting, and and you don't have to get into all of that. Uh, it's not necessary. All you have to say is that they haven't been certified, and they've been proven to fail in many instances. They're not secure, but. But is that why there are um, all of these problems in the voter roll databases? This is, this is upstream. The voter roll databases are upstream of the tabulators. The way that they kind of fit together, you see, is that if the voter roll databases are accurate, then every ballot that is allowed to pass through a tabulator comes from a qualified voter. Mm. If the voter rolls are not accurate, and there are uh, fictitious registrations there, or there are registration records from voters who are now deceased, or mm -hmm. other kinds of registration records that otherwise will not be utilized in that election. Those are considered fraud by the Department of Justice. If you read the <laughs> federal prosecution guidelines for election fraud, you'll discover that every registration record that's not qualified for a particular election is considered potentially fraudulent and opens the door for a non-qualified ballot to be granted that then passes through a tabulator. You see, the tabulators are not the source of this particular confusion, although they have their own insecurities, which certainly 
if the voting system was used as defined and, and secured as defined in the Help America Vote Act and in the Federal Information Security Modernization Act, we wouldn't be seeing these problems. But they're simply not following the law. It's that simple. Yeah. yeah. And it is interesting. I know you mentioned uh, before the break about something just about, you know, the dollar amounts being spent. And it, it made me think when we went to my local county, it was very interesting because the same night they were putting a proposal, the election um, part, right, the county clerk part of the uh, board was putting a proposal out for a very large budget increase to be able to build a new facility so that they could house and fit all of the machines and all of the election information rather than having to move it back and forth. But the interesting thing about that is when I've had personal conversations with our, our county uh, about the elections and said, why don't you just do an audit on the voter rolls and clean them up? The excuse is that would take too much money, too much time and too much money. But they're willing to spend the money to build a big room to put all a bunch of machines. So it just, it makes no sense. Like if, if you're gonna get, if you're trying to get the money, take it, take the time, and just clean up what's already like, you know, let's just start at the basic and clean it up and and go through it. Is that from what you're seeing, would that really be that difficult for local election boards to clean up their voter rolls? Um, it's an interesting question. A voter roll is not a dirty voter roll is not like a dirty dish. You can't put it in the sink with soap and hot water and just clean it. Um, it's what we're looking at is, is voter rolls that have been breached. We're looking at the level of compromise in these voter roll database indicates that they need, this needs to be investigated. Yeah. It's beyond a, a cleanup. It's not just okay. a handful of rec registration records that the, the registrars are kind of lagging on. Okay. It's, that's not what we're looking at. And so instead of, um, taking a particular single line item and saying, this is the part that's the problem, right? The voter rolls are the problem, they need to be cleaned. The machines are the problem and they need to be certified. It, the whole entire voting system, basically what United Sovereign Americans is measuring is the outcome from these voting systems. So in New York's 2022 general election, what we discovered is that the error rate of the voter roll database was 14%. The error rate of the vote was 12%. The system accuracy requirement under federal law is 0.0008%. Why is the system accuracy requirement that stringent? Because we had a federal election in New York in 2022 with a 0.6% margin of victory. Mm -hmm. A system with a 12% error rate is completely incapable of giving you a trustworthy result at 0.6% accuracy. It's not possible. So it doesn't matter where in the system it's broken. What we're showing is that the system from end to end has fundamentally deprived the citizens of each of these states of a civil right to an accurate, legally compliant election. And that is the fundamental civil right of every American. That's mm -hmm. what makes us America, actually. Yep. Mm -hmm. An accurate vote protects our government by consent, 
which serves our serves to protect our individual sovereignty. Yeah. So if we don't have an accurate, trustworthy result to a federal election, we are not clearly in America any longer. Yeah. So it's that simple. It's not about cleaning the voter rolls per se. It's not about okay. getting rid of the machines per se. It's just, look, here's the numbers. This system is broken. very broken. Yeah. Very, very and, broken. And, and the resolution is specifically mm -hmm. to say across this country, we demand a non-broken 2024 system. election. We demand yes. a legally valid election in 2024. And if this system can't provide it, then give us one that can. Wow. I mean, that's that is a uh, that's like a mic drop statement right there, because I would imagine many of the election boards are the, that would be so huge. I mean, they would literally have to completely erase the system and start from scratch. Well, there's there's a, a bunch of things they could do, but, you know, okay. they work for us. It, it's their exactly. job to figure it out. And yeah. if someone's job was to make you a ham and cheese sandwich and you open up your lunchbox and you have, uh, you know, roast beef and carrots, they've not done what you asked. Yeah. What are you guys, um, what do you foresee? Because I know we talked earlier about moving towards litigation because it may have to come to that to get them to truly understand you work for us. We, the people are the, are the ones who have the voice. We, the, you, they wouldn't be there if it wasn't for we, the people. Well, maybe they would, cause they would just trick it all up. But what does that look like moving forward? Well, the voting rights act of 1965 has a very clear directive. It says, if you believe that your right of suffrage, your fundamental uh, first grand right of suffrage has been denied or abridged in any way, or is going to be denied or abridged in any way, what you must do, and uh, ideally the Attorney General of the United States does this for you, but the Voting Rights Act has largely been seen as granting a private right of action to all citizens because it's a protection of our civil right. It says you have to file a TRO. You have to file an injunction. You cannot let them steal your vote. It's mm -hmm. such a, a disgrace to our American system. Don't let them deny or abridge your vote if you have evidence to indicate that this could be about to happen. And that is exactly what United Sovereign Americans then, because we follow the law, that's what we're doing in all of these states. Um, it's not done. It's not filed. It's in process. And believe me, if it could have been filed yesterday, it would have been. It's very challenging. This process mm -hmm. is extremely challenging. But we intend to file these TROs across this country in all of the states where we have uh, organizations that are working with us to develop mm -hmm. these evidence, evidentiary packages. Uh, and we intend to throw all of this sand in their gears for 2024 because we cannot continue mm -hmm. to just mm -hmm. wait. We can't right. wait and watch and think that these people addicted to the system waiting for their next you know, uh, whatever, they're in the Republican Party, they're in the Democrat Party, they're looking for their next patronage job. It's not okay. They're wrecking our country, they're wrecking our future, and we have to take the matters into our own hands in a logical and peaceable fashion and defend this beautiful republic. Absolutely. Have you found, um, you know, 
even, and I, I hate to say this because I know this is really nonpartisan. I mean, it really is. But have you found um, people on the liberal side who are willing, they, they also, because I know there are some who do see that there are some issues and are willing, you know, to work together in this? Or has it really, has it really been more the conservative side? Um, I hate to say Republican, Democrat, because there are some Republicans who would still probably fight this. And there are some Democrats who might. So, you know, I'm really talking like the extremes. Have you found that there is any sort of nonpartisan uh, willingness to look at this? I would say on an individual level, our teams are very diverse. On an organizational level, uh, only conservative organizations thus yeah. far have resonated with our message, which yeah. is really unfortunate because I believe mm. that Democrat voters are being deprived of a fundamental right in the primary elections. Exactly. And that's been going on for quite some time. And uh, you can certainly look and see, you know, here you have RFK Jr., who decided to run as an independent so he wouldn't have to deal with the Democratic primary process and, and be deprived of his right as a candidate to get on the ballot. So I think everybody should be united in this effort. It, if what we want is the outcome that's best for our country and best for our children and our grandchildren and all of those coming, uh, we have to work together. We have to stop yeah. fighting over this the issue of suffrage and the issue of civil rights is one that has, is agreed upon through our history by uh, all of the most conservative justices, all of the most progressive justices, founders, statesmen, stateswomen. This is this is not mm -hmm. it, exactly. We shouldn't be arguing. We all no. agree. Exactly, exactly, because it should be so that regardless of where you fall, that's the personal. That's where our freedoms are. You have that personal freedom to determine this is how I want to vote. This is what I believe. But at the end of the day, regardless, both sides should be confident that their actual voice is being heard. And when our election process and the whole system is so broken, nobody's voice is being heard, regardless of what side, regardless. I mean, there because like you said, it's not just one um, party that's messed up. Like, I mean, the data is showing it's both sides of the aisle that are are having issues. So what well, the, the data doesn't say the data just tells you that you can't trust the outcome. That's what the data tells okay. you. It says we're not a let we, we can't trust the outcome. Yep. But I will say that I think there are a lot of people who don't resonate with either side at this time. They don't resonate with the Republican Party and mm -hmm. the Republican message. And they don't resonate with the Democrat Party and the Democrat message. And that's a, a further challenge. And our founders saw that coming and they tried to do everything they could to prevent the, the party system from overtaking actual political debate and actual political authority. That's why the citizens are supposed to be the sovereigns. Yeah. It's not supposed to be dictated by parties. You know, Right. It's a very modern idea in a way. Of course, it's been around for quite some time. But the idea that what makes an election trustworthy in America is having a Republican oversighter and a Democrat oversighter, that's completely an anathemic to the way that the founders saw our country. George Washington was very, very vehement in, in um, his dislike of party politics and his concern that parties taking over our political system would end up disenfranchising the people on the basis of amassing political power into a body that therefore couldn't be controlled by the people any longer.
And that's where we're at now. That's man. So how can people get involved? How I want to give them an action step because you can't do this on your own. The Zitcos can't do this on their own. This has to be all of us taking part. So how can we get people involved? What can we do to help you help the organization? Um, and what would be the next steps that you would like to be able to see? The two most important things you can do are to come to uniteforfreedom.com, unite4freedom.com, and sign up to volunteer, sign up to stay informed. You can sign up to be on our um, grassroots social media team, and you can also chip in. If you're not able to give time or dedication at this time to the effort, uh, please consider contributing to our legal fund because certainly uh, launching federal lawsuits in 23 states is not exactly the cheapest thing you could do, yeah. although it's worth every penny. Mm -hmm. uh, what are we going to do with that money when we lose our country, I would ask you. But um, those are the greatest ways to get involved. And United Sovereign Americans has a bunch of resources that are available for people. If you just sign up to stay informed, we have a public call uh, every Tuesday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern time where we actually read election law together. Um, and so if Educate. you're not interested in, in reading federal election law in your free time, come and have it read to you like a bedtime story or a little <laughs> evening, evening story time. We also read Supreme Court precedent and we go over the principles that are underlying the claims of United Sovereign Americans that are based in federal law and Supreme Court precedents going back to 1888. So it's a really great opportunity to have more clarity for yourself about what really does constitute a valid election in America? If you join the team, you can help do the resolution presentations. You can come in and offer IT skills or programming skills, analytical skills, legal skills, and uh, social media uh, outreach. There's so many different ways that you can contribute to saving your country together. And every single one of us is a volunteer. We're doing this for God and country. We're doing it because it's right. And so if you have that feeling in your heart, please come and join us. We would love to meet you and we'll do our best to get you involved as soon as we possibly can. And are there groups um, banded together in every state already? Or are you still putting some of those, like if somebody's in a state that that doesn't exist, they could just still reach out to you. Maybe they could start it for their state. Exactly. And when you come, when you sign up, on the volunteer form, you're gonna give your state information. And if your state doesn't yet have a team, it may take an extra uh, couple of days for us to get back to you because there, there may not be someone assigned to reach out to you, but we're, mm -hmm. we're working on that. And then we can help you understand how to decide, hey, you know, come to our meetings, get up to speed. And if it looks like something you would like to launch for your state, we'll help yeah. you. We'll do everything in our power to help you and support you in that process. And you'll get to meet all the amazing people who are already doing it in their states and get a lot of support from that team. It's yeah. really how we get it done. We have to unite. We have, we have to unite as Americans. Our name is exactly who we are, United Sovereign Americans. Yeah. We have to learn how to get along. We have to learn how to collaborate on a massive project and we have to save our country and we have about 10 months to do it. And we, I was just going to say, and we have got to get moving because the, I can't believe we're already at this mark yet again, but it goes to show just what we're up against, you know, and 
most of us believe, you know what, God's got this and he can change things in a day. And so we just need to get together and we need to actually activate and not just talk about it. We need to actually do what we can do to take part and make the change. The, thank you for all that you're doing. I mean, what a what a wild change to go from what, you know, you probably had a really nice, enjoyable, quiet life to now being out and doing all of this. Um, but we're grateful, all of us who don't have those skills or who, you know, didn't, I, I didn't know about this. I mean, I've learned about it because of knowing the Zitkos and another friend of mine and, you know, being local, it's, it's, it's just needed. And so thank you for putting this together, for fighting for our freedom. Um, it's, it's just amazing. And it's a great honor to see. And it's encouraging when you see that somebody who is a mom, a mama bear, who's going, I'm stepping out and I'm doing something and look at what you, you know, look at what has been created. That just goes to show everybody can do something. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I don't have any pieces of paper on my wall and I don't have any. No one gave me permission to put all this together. I had to decide that this was what I needed to do and I couldn't stand by anymore. And uh, here we are. <laughs> Fantastic. It's just great. Thank you, Marley, so much for joining today. And um, I'm just I'm grateful to be part of it in the little capacity that I can be here. And um, yeah. I just am excited. So thank you so much. Thank you for being here today. I really appreciate your time. Thanks so much. <laughs> Absolutely. Y'all, thank you so much for staying here, for being part of this. As you know, we end the show every day with a scripture. And so the scripture today is Lamentations 519. But you, O Lord, reign forever. Your throne endures to all generations. I encourage you get involved. Go check out uniteforfreedom.com. Register. Find out what's happening in your state. Find out what's happening in your local community. Don't sit back. We need to educate each other. There's many that just don't know, and they don't know if there is anything that can be done. We have to demand a new system be put in place. So thank you again for joining. As always, check out the website, tanyajoy.tv. We would love for you to help support the this cause. You can do that over on tanyajoy.tv as well. And as always, please share with your social network as that is how we get the word out further. God bless you. And until next time, bye for now. As our audience knows, uh, we don't do it. We don't promote anything unless it works. I fell off a ladder, fell down on, a, on my leg, opened it up, and there was great pain in it. So I, I, I used the patch, and immediately it went away. No pain. Backed by scientific research and rigorous lab testing, even people who have suffered for decades are getting amazing results. We now have hundreds of testimonials for pain relief, allergy relief, anti-anxiety, brain boost, keto boost, and many other solutions, all with zero drugs and no side effects. Quantum is simply about two things. One, intentions, as a man thinketh, so he is. And two, renewing your mind with the Word of God. This unique yet potent multi-sensory approach is powerful, and it works. The patch provides the touch, and the included prayer guide uses your sight, speech, and hearing to utilize the senses God gave you. That's the quantum effect. Are you ready to experience the quantum effect? Go to QEstrong.com and use code B4A at checkout.
We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Beauty for Ashes with Tanya Joy. Please subscribe, hit the notification bell, and leave us a comment below. Lastly, if you've enjoyed today's podcast, share with those who came to mind. Be blessed and remember you were created for such a time as this.